0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please be seated. You've got to be careful when you give Ange a fist pump, you'll get a knuckle bash with that ring she's got on. What is this with this growing Christmas trees taller, bro? Mate, you are in trouble because you can't bring them back down. I can assure you. You need, to pray. you need to pray for Margaret because her Christmas tree has grown down. Over the years, and right now her Christmas tree's about that big has been for a number of years i 'm trying to get it down to this big so that I can just put it on the table and there it is and her christmas tree listen, tell i 've got to tell you her christmas tree it, honestly i 've been growing it down for her you know and i 've just gone and bought another Christmas tree for you this big, this big, this big and, uh, and so for the last couple of years i 've actually got away with this um, because chris, I want to thank Chris for making sure that he has the Christmas tree growing taller but um, her Christmas tree is about that big. And all of the decorations from the previous year, including the light, are still on it. And what you do is, get a tip guys, what you do is you just package that up in a plastic bag and then you stick it in a, in a box, put a bit of tape around it so the copies don't get into it, pull it back out again in 12 months time, unwrap it and there's your Christmas tree. Already decorated, that big, all set to go, just got to plug it into the wall and we're done, we're good to go. And if we can do that about the 23rd of, of uh, December, we're well... <laughs> You good with that? All the, all, look at all the women, they're all cringing. Oh, really? So you might want to go and just pray for Margaret because... Oh, but I can tell you we have a great marriage. <laughs> We've worked really hard on this. She's trying to get me to put Christmas, Christmas lights now on the, on the house, you know, out the front. Why? Why? What are you going to do that for? That's ridiculous. Anyway, just go and look at everybody else's house. You don't have to worry about looking at my, our house and go and get everybody else's house, those poor husbands that have had to... Anyway, <sighs> a number of those husbands are sitting here going, yeah, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> no, seriously, it's great to be uh, uh, in church with you this morning and, uh, and I'm really privileged to be able to kick this uh, series off, numero uno. So how, how do I know, how do we know that Jesus' teachings are numero uno. I can actually... I did Italian in in school, by the way. I actually know how to... Anyway. Um, How do we know that Jesus' teachings are numero uno, or number one, uh, in the way that I live? How do do I know that? How, How can I be sure that that is happening in the way that I live? Well, for me, I have found that possibly one of the best ways, maybe the best, but possibly one of the best ways uh, to to see if Jesus' teachings have priority in my life is to to see how I'm applying his teachings on generosity and in particular about money, but the way I'm applying his teachings on generosity in my life. Uh, So many times I have found that Uh, when I get challenged around the idea of being generous, particularly with our finances, um, it's really helpful for me because it it makes me continue to remember, no, I need to remember the words of Jesus, and I need to make sure that I'm putting Jesus' teachings number one, prioritising them in my life. And so when it comes to the way that we steward our finances here on earth, Jesus taught that we are wise if we prioritize being generous towards God, His kingdom, and His cause before we are concerned about our needs and our wants. Hello? Very quiet. Come on, come on, come with me, listen, you can argue with Jesus after this, or you can talk to me, but you can ask, you know, let's have a look at what he has to say about being generous. Mind you, listen to these words, it's about being generous with our finances whilst we're on this earth, while we're here, because how many people know our money in heaven's got no value? It's all about what we're doing with stewarding our finances, in particular money, whilst we're on this earth. And it's all about how generous are we towards God, His kingdom and His cause, before our own needs and our wants. Look at what he says in Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. I'm going to read this, so just hang with me. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 16, 21. And he told them this parable. Is it up there on the back there? Great. And he told them this parable. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, look at it now, but is not rich toward God. See, you've got to understand, God is not not against having money or even saving money up. He's about excess, about making sure you've got all this money that you could probably... You know, you've got way more than you actually need. And he's all about saying, you, be careful when you get to that place of saying, oh, well, I'll just keep on, you know, gathering more, getting more money. He said, no, no, the reality is uh, you're thinking about yourself And you haven't put God before your needs and your wants and I love the way the Bible says but is not rich toward God what does he mean what does it mean when it says uh, be rich towards God it simply means this and other versions put it better they say be incredibly and extravagantly generous towards God to be rich toward God means to be incredibly and extravagantly generous towards God Jesus' teaching from this parable is about thinking on how do you steward, how are you stewarding the finances and the money that you have on this earth because it's really, really, listen to it, really, really wise to always be thinking about being as generous as you can towards God, his kingdom and his cause first. He's not, about, he's not against having money. He's not against about even storing up money, but not excessively and not being controlled by it yeah. and actually starting to think and look to it as though it's, it's going to be your answer in life. Yeah. How many people know by thinking that money is your answer in life, you put Jesus second? Because yeah. I thought we said Jesus is the answer yeah. in our life and he is number one. Yeah. His teachings are number one. Why would Jesus say? Why would he say this to us? Why would he say that we're being wise when you prioritize being generous towards God, to being rich towards God? Why would he say you're going, to be, you're going to be really thankful? It's going to be a really good thing. It'll be really wise if when you start, start thinking about the way you're budgeting and the way you're stewarding your finances, that you keep on remembering how, how generous can I now be towards God? Well, look what he says in, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the first thing that he is actually wanting us to do when we do this, it's actually for us, for our benefit, Jesus wants us to store up treasure for ourselves in heaven. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of this. In fact, Jesus is saying, I just want to, I really, I'm pleading with you, while you've got the chance, while you're on earth. I'm pleading with you, make sure you're as generous as you can towards Jesus, towards God, because it's not just going to be beneficial to you while you're on this earth, and we can look at this a little bit further on, but it's going to carry all the way through when you get into heaven. He's talking about storing up treasure for yourselves in heaven. By by being generous to God here on earth, you're actually storing up treasures for yourself in heaven. I know that we would all agree, just knowing that we're going to be in heaven, mate, that is fantastic news. Who's with me? Just having the absolute assurance that we're going to be in heaven with Jesus. I mean, Lord, does it get any better than just knowing that? Well, Jesus is actually saying it does get, get better. He says getting into heaven is going to be fantastic. It's great. But he says you need to know that when you get in there, if you have done well with your money on earth, there's also going to be treasures stored up for you in heaven. Are you with me this morning? The front row is. Um, Luke chapter 12. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. Say good good pleasure. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. He's very clear here. He's talking about money. And he says, I would, I would want you to know this. Provide for yourselves. Prepare now. Prepare now. Be generous toward God on earth and prepare now because you're going to spend eternity in heaven. And I want that you would provide for yourselves money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, uh, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. When you're being generous towards God, you're storing up heavenly treasures for yourself. Jesus doesn't want us to be ignorant of this. He wants us to be able to benefit from all that heaven's got to offer us because of our generosity on earth. He's not saying, see, Jesus is not saying you have to. He's not ordering us to give him money. I mean, think about this. He's a righteous God. And the the Bible teaches us that money is actually, another word is unrighteous mammon, which translates into money. Think about this. Do you honestly think that we can give unrighteous money to a righteous God and that not be insulting? Hello? But the reality is, If you're generous towards God and his kingdom and his cause and you're giving into the things that matter to him, then those things will be converted the way that you're generous while you're on this earth to him and those things will be converted into another currency in heaven. Hello? In Matthew 19, a rich young ruler, oh boy, a rich young ruler, now this is not a parable this time, this this actually happened. Uh, in Matthew 19, you'll see a rich young ruler came to Jesus and said uh, that he wanted to make sure that he would inherit eternal life. See, that was that was the big deal with with the Pharisees and, and with people that were alive during while Jesus was on this earth. They were they were only interested in how do you inherit. King of God. How do you make sure that you're going to get into heaven? And so here comes a rich young ruler and he's saying, all right, I can see that there's something about you. I see the way that you're doing things. So I'm just going to come and ask you this question. So what do I have to do to make sure that I, that I inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, well, follow the Ten Commandments, knowing that he would understand what he was talking about, I mean he understood well i 've got to do the things that, that the Pharisees and that the, that, that, that the the religious teachers are telling me to do and he said so jesus said, Go well, make sure you 're doing the ten commandments of the law and the rich young ruler said well i 'm doing all that Jeesh, i don 't know about you and I, but i, I don 't know if I would be so bob anyway he said well i 'm doing all that i 'm doing all of those things, and he was actually thinking that his self-righteousness by following the Ten Commandments of the law would get him into heaven. How many people know that your self-righteousness is not going to get you into heaven? How many people understand that by doing the the works of the law is a good thing, but it's not going to get you into heaven? How many people know that the only thing that gets you into heaven is your faith? The just shall live by faith. The just are made righteous by their faith, the sincerity of their faith. But the rich young ruler was thinking to himself, Well, my self-righteousness, there you go. I've got you on that one. I've done the I'm doing the Ten Commandments, and so I, I'm gonna get into heaven, right? And Jesus said to him, Well, there's only one thing left to do. And look what he says in, in Matthew 19, 21. Go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. So by following Jesus, Jesus was saying to him, By by following me. And believing in me, you will inherit eternal life. But did you notice that he also wanted more for the rich young ruler than just inheriting eternal life? What else did he want? He wanted to give the rich young ruler the opportunity to store up heaven, a treasure for himself in heaven when he gets there. What about us this morning? Jesus is not just wanting us to inherit eternal life. He's saying, this is great. Of course, this is going to be great that we actually get into heaven. But he's actually saying, as well as inheriting eternal life, what I want for you is that you would be wise with the way you're budgeting and stewarding your finances on this earth. Be generous with those things because I want more for you. When you get into heaven, I want you to store up these treasures and you'll be amazed, amazed at all that heaven's got to offer you. The rich young ruler became very disheartened by this and was not willing to follow Jesus and was not willing to do what Jesus asked him to do. He missed out on eternal life. But furthermore, he missed out on storing up treasures for himself in heaven. And so the second reason why Jesus taught us to prioritize our generosity towards God is he wants to save us from the cruelty of a hard taskmaster. He wants to save us from the cruelty of a hard taskmaster. Well, what's his hard taskmaster? Listen to what Jesus tells us clearly in Matthew 6.24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and... What's the other master? Money. Money. He wants to save us from the cruelty of the hard taskmaster, money. What he's saying is, if you don't make me your Lord, if you don't serve me, and, and, and listen, Jesus is never about forcing you to do that. He's just saying, oh, that you would choose to serve me because I'm a, I'm a kind master. I, I won't make life hard for you. But he said, if you choose not to serve me, particularly when it comes to money, well, guess who you're going to be serving? Money. And he said, it's going to be hard on you. In fact, money can be very cruel. Jesus is saying the hard taskmaster is money or unrighteous men. If you're constantly thinking about being generous toward God, his kingdom and his cause while you're on this earth, then you will avoid the cruelty of serving money. My kids, my wife, when, when kids were growing up, would have heard me say a thousand times, Money serves me, I don't serve it. Money serves me, I don't serve it. And and it was always about reminding me of this verse. I only have one master that I'm going to serve. How about you? And I'm going to serve the one that I know died for me and gave his life for me and wants the very best for me and not just here on this earth but when I get home to heaven. He wants treasures for me in heaven. I want to serve him and I'm going to do that listen through being generous with the money that I've got on this earth toward him. And so here we are again he's saying be wise people be wise because if you don't if you don't if you're not generous towards God the one that loves you and that will care for you well you're going to come under the cruelty of a taskmaster cruel, the cruelty of a taskmaster that, that doesn't care about you. Oh boy, listen to what Paul has to say. The Apostle Paul says when he's teaching the young pastor Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. But people who long to be rich on this earth fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the... Root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Oh, my goodness, how cruel is the taskmaster money? Paul spoke very clearly, didn't he, to the young Timothy, and I believe that he would say to us today. Listen to what Jesus has got to say, people, because it's really important. Because if we don't take notice of what Jesus is saying about which master we're going to serve, then we, we put ourselves in the, in the way of these kind of temptations. And we find ourselves serving this, this thing called money and we get so lured away by it and it, it starts to be controlling And then everything that we do in life is all being controlled about how much money I've got or how much money I haven't got. It's a very cruel task, Master. And Jesus is saying, if you can make sure that you, you, you don't let yourself come under that, but you keep on being generous with the money, be generous with the money that you have on this earth, make sure that you're being generous toward God, be rich toward God, Notice I'm not just talking about being generous as in I give donations to different charities. That's a good thing to do, by the way. I'm not saying you shouldn't be generous in giving donations to, to different charities. But, but in particular, Jesus was teaching, but it's how rich are you toward God, as well as giving donations to good charities. It's all about how rich I am towards God and making sure that I'm prioritizing God In the way that I budget my finances. Paul says we may find ourselves in ruin, in all kinds of evil, wandering from faith and pierced with many sorrows. Jesus is wanting to save us from that kind of cruelty, right? Hello? Come on. Are you with me here? Jesus is wanting to save us from that kind of cruelty. And here's the third reason. I'm sure there are more, but we've got time for three this morning. Jesus wants us to be blessed. He wants us to store up treasures in heaven. He doesn't want us to come into the cruelty of a task, hard taskmaster called money. But even more, he wants us also to be blessed whilst we are here on this earth. Generosity towards God does bring blessing and favor whilst we're here on this earth. Paul says it this way in Acts 20, 20 35. He says, uh, remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said, it is more blessed to give generously than to receive listen to it again it is more come on come on it is more blessed let me come on can we hear again it is more blessed to give generously than to receive in the context paul was saying that he hadn't just labored to provide for his own necessities but he'd been able to be generous enough to provide for those who wanted who were with him so read the rest of that context it's really powerful because he says I wasn't just laboring for myself, but I was also laboring so that I could provide for those who were with me. And so we're not just laboring to have enough for ourselves, but we're laboring enough to have ourselves for our, enough for ourselves, plus be able to be generous towards God and those around us. By having the same attitude of generosity that Paul had, we will enjoy the blessing of bringing joy to other people's lives. Listen to what the Proverbs says. Proverbs 11 puts it this way Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them, and the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. The Hebrew phrase, There, if you check the Hebrew in that, actually says, the soul of blessing will grow fat. (laughs) Blessing others through acts of generosity results in being overwhelmed by God's abundant blessing and favor. Are we constantly thinking about how can we be generous? How can we be generous toward God and His kingdom and what matters to Him, His cause? How can we be there as, as people that are looking at the finances we've got And not just seeing how we can meet our own needs and and our own wants and desires, but how can we also apportion some of the finances that God has provided for us in a way that we can be generous. By doing so, there will be blessing. How many people know that generosity that isn't tested isn't generosity at all? We're constantly being tested on being generous. I find that in my life all the time. And I'm regularly being tested on, generosity of my, on the generosity of my heart, even in the little things, and not necessarily to do with money. It's just always to do with the generosity of my heart. A couple of weeks ago, our son Chris uh, cooked a meal for his family. But guess what he'd done? He cooked more than he needed so he could give some to his mum and dad. Pretty good son, right? And, uh, and so, you know, he sends over this beautiful uh, meal that he'd prepared, and Margaret and I enjoyed that meal. And then, of course, uh, a couple of days later, it was time to give the plates back, the dishes that he'd sent it over him. And um, they were sitting on the on the bench there, and I, and I remembered, oh, I've got to get those plates back to Chris. And, uh, and I knew that he liked grapefruit. Who likes grapefruit? A few of us. I love grapefruit, one a night. Um, and, uh, and I knew he loved grapefruit but I knew the grapefruit was scarce and, uh, and I felt in my heart I just felt that little nudge of the Holy Spirit put a grapefruit in that bowl a grapefruit, really? I mean seriously they're hard to come by like you don't want to touch my grapefruit I mean I'll give him anything else but not the grapefruit and the Lord's like grapefruit have you ever had a conversation like this with Jesus? grapefruit grumble, 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 go over and, you know, I've got a whole, I've got a stack of them there, he's gone, that one you know which one he's pointing to the one that I'm thinking, oh that'll be a nice one, that one, oh really, think about this our son had been generous to us, and I'm saying to myself, oh I'm a man of generosity I know what God teaches about generosity I'm oh, we do this and here I am quibbling over a grapefruit for goodness sakes, to my own son, my own son, who had been generous to me. And I'm going, no, not that grapefruit, please not grapefruit. Yes, that grapefruit. Oh, all right, okay. That grapefruit, he's got that grapefruit. And I walked away, and my, my heart was certainly not good. And, uh, yeah, man, generosity, whatever. Heaven's like, hmm, test it, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, and I go, and I go, oh, well, uh, oh, well, oh, well, I say to myself, I did it, Right? might have taken me some time but i did it and that's all good and jesus said to me cheerfully (laughs) how many people know how many people know that generosity that isn't given cheerfully isn't generosity at all and you know so i'm like oh lord no seriously okay i'll be happy about it i'm so glad that i gave him that yes i am yes i am lord i really am i i really (sighs) i've got over myself thank you for testing me on that Thank you for showing me that, you know, it's always about having a heart of generosity and making sure that whatever I do is generous. And he said, two. Two? <laughs> he did. He did it. He, he said, make it two. Make it two. Make it two. Oh, Lord, take it two. Do you know how hard it is to get grapefruit? Two. <laughs> Which one did he choose? That next best one another one, put it in there and I said, Father forgive me Lord forgive me thank you so much for testing me, even on the little things, just to make sure that your teachings on generosity come first in my life see if you can't be generous on those little things how are you going to be generous with your money and then generous, not only generous but do it cheerfully and towards God not just the donations that we give every so often but, but being extremely incredibly generous toward God it all comes back to the condition of your heart even in the little things I can tell you that Christopher can have any grapefruit he wants if you ever in fact I say to him mate you got enough grapefruit because <laughs> I'm saying Lord I got it I got it I got it he can have all the grapefruit he wants in fact you know what I've been doing lately I've been boring, buying more grapefruit and enough for him as well. Just to say, Lord, I've got it. I've figured this out, right? No, you, you've got to understand that, that generosity is a matter of the heart and it will be con- constantly tested. And don't just let those little things go by because it will be such a blessing for you, such a blessing here on this earth. You'll, you'll, you'll be storing up treasures for yourself in heaven. You'll be, you won't come under that, that task, Master. Generosity is only ever about the heart with which you give. Let me finish with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 and 7, Paul says it this way. Remember this. So if you've heard nothing I've said today, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap. Each of you should give what you have decided in your notice nobody else tells you how much to give this church has never told you how much to give and never will it's all about you and your heart before God and as each one has determined before God in your heart what to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver I'm going to put it this way I'm just going to leave you with this as, as the way it works in my life, in Margaret's life, is this. Give as much as you can, as often as you can. Be as extravagant as you can and generously as you can towards God. You'll never, ever, ever regret it. Jesus is faithful to his promises, not just on this earth, but in heaven. Am I right? Give as much as you can, as often as you can. Amen? Wonderful Father. Holy Spirit, help us, Lord Jesus, to prioritize your teachings in our life, that you, your teachings are numero uno. They are number one. They're our first priorities. Holy Spirit, help us as we think these things through to apply them to our lives. Let it become a reality in our lives. Let us not just listen and think, yes, I think that's true, but help us to actually receive and apply the teachings of Jesus, particularly around generosity to do with our money in our lives. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us the courage and the strength to trust you with our finances. In Jesus' name. And every heart said, amen Amen and amen. God so bless you. Thanks for listening this morning. We're going to go out. The team's going to play one more song, and we're going to rejoice in his presence. Amen.